Welcome to the Queer Mo cast. Ooh, it's wonderful to I'm be back. I'm your host, Shim Sham. And today our guest, <laughs> we have KJ it's, it's as me. our guest. I'm the guest today, apparently. Hi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How are you? Uh, you know, it's a... <laughs> that was a great noise. I bet that sounded great near the camera. I loved it. Um... So this past week, uh, we both had quite a bit going on. A lot of new stuff. A lot of things we're, we're figuring out, trying to change. Um, trying. My ad- oh, I just wasn't sure. My audacity said not responding. It's oh, back. Is it back? Okay. We don't know what happened there. Okay. Thank goodness it's back, though. <laughs> um, I <laughs> to, to continue. Yeah, that would have been great. We get to the end of this recording session and then find out, oh, by the way, <laughs> none of it recorded. Um, so this this past week, you and I were both uh, doing doing a lot of new stuff, a lot of a lot of a lot of things. I um, had my training for my artist in residency program that I'm doing uh, in the in the spring. Um, so I'll be a, a teaching artist advisor for a elementary school that's trying to create a theater program. And I'm very excited. I'm working through the Hennepin County Theater Trust here in Minneapolis, which is really fun. I love working with them. And I started rehearsals for Ghost Quartet, the show that I'm currently uh, uh, rehearsing for. And it's, a, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a quartet of people telling ghost stories. Um, Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, and uh, fun surprise, I get to play the accordion in it, which is going to be really fun. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> do you know how to play the accordion? Uh, I do now. Um, oh. So <laughs> the accordion is very similar to the piano in that it has a keyboard, like the one next to me on camera here. Um, so, But instead of, of the like internal mechanisms of a piano hitting hammers or... In the case of my keyboard, a computer, um, the accordion is a squeeze box. So you have to pull, and push and pull on the instrument to have it make sound. And the air creates the sound. And the keys, uh, press you, you press down the keys to get different tones, different pitches. Um, okay. So it, it, I've never played the accordion before besides just like picking one up a couple of times in like demonstrations and just noodling on it. But um I'm okay at it. I'm, I'm I'm not as terrible at it as I thought I was going to be at first. Um, you'll get to hear it this weekend when we go on our trip because I have Ooh. to bring it, I have to bring it with me because I have to practice. Um, when you join a show that's already been performed once or twice or three times before, you're the only person in the cast that doesn't know the music. <laughs> so, oh no, um, which is fine. It just means that I've got a little catch up to do. I don't I don't I don't have the score inside my brain, my body, and my spirit like most of the other people involved with the show do. So sure, sure. Uh, well, that sounds fun. Yeah, and uh, we finished. Uh, as of this morning, I have officially finished the initial mastering of my musical demo album. It is hey. complete. I need to do a Ooh. little bit, 
a little bit of work on it still. I want to retool a few things, but those are like little nitpicky things that I could leave alone if I wanted to. So it is essentially done. So it's been a very good week. I didn't lose my mind with some of those longer days with the training and then rehearsal right afterwards. Um, And... Uh, we're going on vacation on Thursday, so I'm hey. having a lovely time. But how about you? How is training going? Yeah, I'm doing anticoagulation. Just nothing but bleeding and blood clots all day long. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, it's going great. I love it. It's oh, so glad, so happy. This really is the fall of us. <laughs> it is the fall of us, the fall of we. Um, <laughs> can, can you tell me what is, so what was the one of the first things that you noticed about making the transition to working from home that you were like, I love this. This I like. Uh, I, I, I don't dread going to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's positive. Uh, it, honestly, it is. It's an alleviation of stress. I'm not stressed out. Um, and that's just the biggest thing is there were lots of factors why I was stressed out at my previous job and we don't have to go into that, No, (laughs) but, um, I'm just not stressed. Not to say that this job won't get stressful and won't be difficult at times, but I'm just, uh, it's a super supportive team and really supportive, uh, organization and just really wonderful and what's nice about working if, if when you're stressed but in the comfort of your own home is you've got all your comforts by you you know i don't have to drive to the nearest gas station to go to the bathroom <laughs> which um can can relate um sometimes you have to get off the train or get off your bike at the nearest gas station to go to the bathroom in between things exactly uh, <laughs> i can pee all day long oh my wonderful. goodness i am so happy for your pee Um, and also like, like I was saying to you, you can't like obviously leave your terminal for long periods of times, but you can like get up and stretch, take a walk around the living room or even go stand outside and feel the cool air on your face. (laughs) (laughs) And see the sun. And see the sun. Um, Why must it shine? (laughs) Well, it's about to shine a little bit less. Um, very excited. (laughs) Vampires like us are so excited for the coming of the darkness. Um, I love fall, changing leaves. Halloween, Samhain. Oh, I love it all. I made homemade maple pumpkin spice lattes yesterday using Stop my it. using my stovetop like espresso percolator. Um mm-hmm. my mine's like a Bialetti. What was the name of yours? Of yours? Your you, yours had a fun name. You of my Cafe Terra? Yes, the Cafe Terra. Mine's mm-hmm. mine's the same thing. It's just um it's 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 a different brand name. Um but it's the same idea. Um same thing. Uh and then I got some some like barista style oat milk from Ooh, the store, stop it. and stop. I know we mixed. I will not. Uh, we mixed <laughs> ginger powder and cinnamon powder and nutmeg powder all together. I didn't have any cloves, unfortunately, but we were we were close to the pumpkin pie spice. Um, next time I do it, I actually want to make a a puree of actual pumpkin with all of those spices and some maple syrup and actually have that as a so- a syrup or a sauce that I can mix into a latte. Ooh, um, that sounds good. And I hear the pumpkin spice from Starbucks. No, not that. But I hear they have a vegan latte coming out this fall. I think so, which, you know. It's like the caramel. Right, it's Starbucks. Uh, we're, we don't necessarily love it, but I do get excited when 
companies have vegan options. I do. I agree with you entirely, yes. And I live in a town that is all chains. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, there are some fun cafes, but they close so early unless it's Racy's. And even then, if the barista decides that they're they're bored. <laughs> I know. And I, I, I've gotten out of my local coffee shop habit just because of COVID. The local coffee shops... Uh, we're much more likely to be closed. Right. So, yeah, I am uh, I'm super happy that we're moving back into that season. Also, just honestly, from, from a health standpoint, the summer heat is just really not good for me. Not only am I a sweaty mess and I, my eczema acts up because it's humid and my body is confused, um, my breathing gets all screwed up. And, and I can't, like, I wake up in the middle of the night with the AC blasting because I need it to be cold. But because the AC is blasting, I wake up in the middle of the night all tight-chested from all of that recirculated air. It's just, it's, uh, it's not good for the environment either. And she loves breathing clearly. Uh, She's obsessed with it. I can't tell you how much I love it. I can't even tell <laughs> uh, it's, it's delectable. Um, and... You know, that's not to say that autumn doesn't have its have its things. Ragweed's out, and I can feel it. Ragweed's everywhere. Um, I know, and autumn's always the blink of an eye. Honestly, we always dream of these picturesque 60-degree, 50-degree days, but we get two of those, and it'll be 30 degrees immediately. I know. (laughs) I will say, though, I am one of those people that I don't mind it getting colder. I don't mind it snowing in the autumn a little bit. I love for it to wait till after Halloween. That's that's pretty much it. I love for it to wait until after Samhain. But um, honestly, November 1st, it can blizzard or not. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> for sure. I agree. Um, November is winter in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, truly. Um, but you're right. We will have that weird, like, 90-degree October day, and we're like, no. Oh, why? don't talk about um, it. Actually, you know what was really interesting is uh, so there were some people in town for the training who were not from Minneapolis. We had some people from Florida, some people from Tennessee, some people from Kentucky, some people from Pennsylvania. And I'll be, and what, what, what I learned is that a lot of people who've never been to Minnesota don't think that we have, like, hot summers. They think that it doesn't get hot up here. The way that Ugh. it does down there, and I'm like, no, we have, we have swampy, swampy summers too. We're not I quite know. the Everglades, but <laughs> I wish they were right. I know, I wish they were correct. <laughs> I would love for it to be 70 degrees all summer. That'd be great, uh, <laughs> because our bodies would acclimate to that, and water still wouldn't feel that cold. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm looking forward to whatever we can take in. I'm trying to just be be with it i already have so many like fun creepy things planned for spooky season already which is great mm-hmm. um with ghost quartet is one of them um but then jay and i are doing valley scare this year we're gonna go to the to the oh fun. creepy valley fair and then Ooh. we have our tickets for the dead end hayride already um we're actually going to go see goblin which is the group that performed the music for uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria, the original um, film. We're going to see them perform the entire film score live at the Fitzgerald. Um, So we're, we're like trying to, we're trying to because the last couple years we haven't done anything um, except like get dressed up at home and then sit around and stare at each other. Like, well, we dressed up, which is great. But, um, I know I want to. Dr- I haven't dressed up in the last two years because I'm just like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Who um, we fooling? Now, the only thing that could make this like like autumn season like complete for me is 
there have been so many really excellent like na and af like replacements for all of my favorite things if somebody could come out with an alcohol-free pumpkin ale i would be complete <laughs> I would be complete. That um, has to exist. It does, but they're usually uh, they're they're kind of new. Surprisingly, last year I found a couple, but it was very <clears> expensive because <throat> they didn't exist here. No mm. one was making them in town, um, so you'd have to ship them from like California, where like the one brewery that was <clears> doing <throat> it, it wasn't like a, <clears throat> it wasn't a, uh, what, what am I trying to say? It wasn't like a national like 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 uh, distribution. Sure. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Um, and it's just those little things that like say autumn to me sometimes that I'm like, if I can't, if, if I'm choosing not to, in, to indulge in something, I like to have a replacement. Um, so, um, and honestly, like they do, they do make like pumpkin sodas, but those are too sweet. Um, it was good. I, I found one. It was delicious, but it was after about half of the bottle, I was like, and I have got rot. Uh, <laughs> um, but how about you? What are you what, what what are you hoping most for from this autumn season? Oh, um, I I just want to enjoy. It. I feel like the past, I I've had a, a lot of changes in the last couple of years. I've worked a lot of jobs. <laughs> um, I bought a house when the pandemic first started. I've been in school forever <laughs> so i i just i i want to get out and enjoy it i feel like um my depression and my anxiety in combination with all the busyness i just haven't been able to enjoy fall so i just want to be present for it and it always goes so fast uh, you know you're once again transitioning us very well into our tarot card of the oh week. what's a tarot it's lovely. card so this week we have the six of swords and i oh. love i love the painting here it looks sort of like a impressionist painting from the turn of the century okay. it is so it's two individuals in a a canoe of some sort with six swords next to them but it's very like river on the edge of a forest. How I would you describe it? Looks kind of dark. I mean, from yeah. my perspective, it looks kind of dark and mysterious. Like, where are they going? So, it, did well, they that's... pack lube? It doesn't look like. Well, I lube love. Um, <laughs> so, the Six of Swords actually, it really is about that. I'm going to read a little bit from Cassandra's book, and then uh, querying the tarot. Um, link in the description. We, uh, but, but I want to, want to, I'm going to combine a couple of little quotes here that I think really encapsulate this card, and then I want to talk a little bit about it. So. Um, the Six of Sword calls us to go on a metaphorical healing journey so that we can appreciate where we are. This Six then comes to push or row us to something warmer, calmer, and better, but we have to be willing to take the journey first. Are we willing to cut out the things that still hurt us, be they internal or external? Are we able to dive into our own depths and revisit the pain we try to suppress so that we can truly overcome it? These choices are ours to make. But the Six of Swords promises we will reach a better place if we do. So what I was hearing you say is that you're tra you're taking all of these things from the from 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 the past couple of years that have really accumulated, and you're not necessarily trying to deny them or suppress them or make them go away, but you're trying to figure out how to work within what you what you've got going on and actually appreciate what's going on around you a little bit more. And you literally took not just a metaphorical journey. You were like, I can't do this work that I was doing. It's rewarding and beautiful and amazing, but not for me. And you made 
the difficult but also relieving journey <laughs> and the choice to make a change um, and row on to something better. Um, I mean, down. I am an inspiration. I That's mean, what I'm hearing. She's a national treasure. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so. And also, um, one thing I've definitely learned when I was younger, I was really obsessed with uh, needing to be fun all the time. I wanted to be the life of the party. I always felt like I wanted everybody to like me. And one thing I've really learned as I've gotten older is uh, that I love the mundane and I love stability and that's okay. And if <laughs> other people find that boring, you know, I really don't need those people in my life. <laughs> that's also an energy. What, also, what people tend to find exciting a lot is like going out to bars and that sort of thing. And if you've ever been to a bar sober, that is the most boring shit. <laughs> Boring and also sometimes uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, that's not to say going out is never fun. I still do uh, enjoy going to drag shows and going out occasionally. But um, I I just have learned to embrace that it's okay to like stability and mundane things and going to bed early. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm totally fine with that. Like... I'm really trying to solidify healthier habits because I know when um, I know when I eat well and I get physical activity, um, but I'm not I'm not focusing on weight loss like we had in the past. We used to like we talked about previously, set these outrageous weight loss goals like if I could just lose 10 pounds a week, I'd be dead by Christmas. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> To not set weight loss goals, but to just, uh, for me, I have high blood pressure, and when I, I need daily movement, otherwise, um, my GI system's not good, (laughs) my blood pressure's not good, my anxiety's not good, right? So to focus on that stuff. Well, you kind of summed me up, so let me sum you up a little bit. Um... I mean, your past couple of years have also been super turbulent. Uh, You graduated with your master's program during the pandemic, right? And also, you had this huge shift uh, into... You've always been creating your own music, but into really embracing this digital format. You're teaching remotely. um, Your senior show was remote. I mean, that's kind of been a huge... You've always been interested in, like, making YouTube videos and stuff, but you really had to, like, become competent at that. (laughs) And, like, overnight, really. Yeah. And so, um, so that's been really awesome for you. I see you just creating all sorts of wonderful things and using uh, these remote environments to really embrace that to your lifestyle. And then um, now that COVID is obviously still happening, people are dying every day, people are still getting the virus, but we are vaccinated, we have masks, and we have strategies in order to mitigate it. Um, not that we're using them, but we have them. (laughs) (laughs) They exist. We could. (laughs) And so getting back to live performance, I'm very excited for you. I know, uh, because you did, what was that show you did that we watched on YouTube? Uh, Dolls of New Albion. 
Yeah, that was super cool. But there wasn't an audience, right? There was no audience, and uh, I was music director for that show, so I wasn't in it. Um, okay. I got to I got to be a part of it, and I uh, I d- d- virtually uh, worked on the music with everybody, um, and had like two in person rehearsals, but that was it. Yeah, so I think getting back to live performance is really going to be just really vital for you. Because there's nothing like live theater. No, and I think that the other thing, and yeah, I, I think that sums up a lot of the last couple of years really well. And a lot of the other things similar to you that I've been trying to let go of are those like toxic thoughts of, I must, like, I was I was reading a post today about like orthorexia, um, and... Uh, it was like, here are signs of orthorexia. And Re- that's the <laughs> compulsion to always be healthy, right? Yes. Like, like, like the obsession. To, to a detriment. Yes. Yeah. Um. So like researching every single food you eat, even if it's like, what are the nutritional values of a banana? How many calories are there in a, in a cucumber? Like I was keeping a log. <laughs> of right like when you're counting your calories and uh cucumber and spinach like honey <laughs> well exactly and um or like can i get away with cutting an extra 100 calories out today like sorry trigger warning content warning we're gonna stop talking about that now but <laughs> you know it's um it's uh it's you know I, i've been really really working the last two years on trying to remove as much of that as I can. I'm still not sure where I'm at on my sobriety journey because um, I've been sort of sort of off and on with that. But what I do know is that right now that is a big major, like I'm trying to distance myself from from that substance in particular. Um, we have a we have a rich history uh, <laughs> to say the least. And um you know, it's it's been better without it. And the couple of times I've like gone back to using alcohol, it's it hasn't been as positive as one would hope. Um, you know, when you think this will be fun, you know, like let's try it again. Like mm, I don't know. So we'll see. I like like I said, I'm not making any specific promises because who knows? I might I might completely um, contradict myself tomorrow. Who knows? Tomorrow isn't promised. Uh, <laughs> nor is it nor is it written in stone. But I do know that that's something that I've been really enjoying, at the very least, keeping at a very minimum in my life, if nothing else. Um, and trying to find a way to make my schedule uh, manageable at all times or as manageable as possible at all times, not saying yes to every single thing. I actually just auditioned for something that I got rejected for. And I got the rejection letter in the uh, in my email, and I was like, oh. Because if they called me back for a callback, I would have gone and done it. I might have gotten cast. And then I would have been locked in. And to be honest with you, the show is going up at a very, very bad time. But I didn't know that when I auditioned. Uh, you know, so now that that time's already busy. January, February is already busy. So I would have been in trouble <laughs> time-wise if I'd have said yes to the show. So sometimes, and- you know. Yeah, and I think that's awesome to just constantly be, like, trying things. But like you said, uh, that turned out to be great for you to not get that part. Exactly. And also, like, I'm I'm cutting hours back in certain places so I can focus on more hours in other places, like we talked about last week. And I think that that's actually going to be beneficial um, in a lot of ways. I'm doing less traveling, but more 
more actual, more of the actual thing I want to do and less getting to places to do the thing that I want to do. Sure. Um, Cause I, uh, um, I know it's all about the journey, but I hate the journey sometimes <laughs> <laughs> when it involves travel. Uh, so I think it's going to be a great autumn. I am very, very much focused on a lot of things, doing a lot of stuff, but I'm, making specific time for the things I really want to do. My sister and I are also going to try and meet halfway in between here and Eau Claire. And we're going to try and find an apple orchard and go hang out so I can meet my, my new, my new baby nibbling. Um, I know you're an aunt again. <laughs> I oh, am. You have such a fertile family. I'm an entel. <laughs> uh, again. No, truly we have, um, which is why I'm glad that I never want my own. It makes it much easier to live vicariously through other people's. She's um, barren. <laughs> he has an undescended testicle. But I don't <laughs> brag about it. <laughs> so I'm I'm really happy. Like, like the Six of Swords, the swords can be a really tough suit because the swords are like about cool logic and our like decision making and emotional processing. But not in the same way as the cups. The cups are like the really deep well of emotion. The swords are about like, okay, how are we gonna, what are we going to do about that? Oh, um, and sometimes they, they do have a message that is, yeah, I know that sucks. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> is, is when you have a message. tumor, you don't sit the tumor down and go, hey, tumor, can we talk about this? Whoa. You cut it out. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. No, but it's <clears throat> I, I like I like sometimes getting these because also there's literally with the swords a lot of a lot of actual imagery of cutting things away. Right. Like yeah. picking up the sword and lopping things off that you don't need in fact a lot like of trans, tumors trans, yeah tumors um sometimes if you are uh needing gender affirming surgery sometimes if you are uh, using tarot as a way to meditate there are sometimes uh messages that you can get um in in that in that area as well i definitely used tarot when i was coming out as non-binary and like figuring out how i wanted to approach telling people and figuring things out i did not let them dictate my decision-making, but I was using them as, like, meditative properties. You know. How can I approach this situation in this way or this way? Decisions. Anyway. So, uh, I'm... Yeah. I, I have no good transition out of this, so... I know. We, we came into this episode thinking... We, what do we talk about? We don't know what to talk about. And we said, we'll just let, let the conversation guide us. Um, well, f- hold on. Maybe this will be fun and maybe this will be terrible. Let's look <laughs> at today's headlines. Oh, no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> and let's just see. Oh, my God. Okay. And we'll move through things briefly, I hope. Your first reaction really leaves a lot of. <laughs> I have a lot of high hopes for what's about to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Obviously, the news is so. Here's the first, the first one. I'm so sick of seeing this ugly man's face. Ew. Judge rules in favor of Trump over seized Mar-a-Lago docs. We're just gonna go off the headline. We're not gonna spend time reading the article, but all this. Oh, I'm just so upset he's not in jail. That's just my first reaction. It's so it's it's so maddening that any other person well that's not true um any other office has so many more 
consequences when you do things wrong, right? Any other, so, so many other places in life, small mistakes can land you in the worst situation for years and years and years on end. But a well-connected, shitty, moraled human being like 45, I don't even want to say his name anymore, um, can just continue to get away with shit. Even though, once again, we have so much evidence that they did what they did. We all saw it. We watched it. I sat and watched it live, like from from my home. Like, I we- oh, it's just maddening. And okay, so this really bugs me. Let, let t- <laughs> I am so sick of hearing about polling because the polling is never right. And when you ask the experts, and these are usually liberal people who I respect their opinion, um, they always say, "Well, it's actually very accurate." No. After Hillary was ahead in the polls and then lost the election, uh, because so this fall, what I'm getting at is this fall, they're saying that Republicans are looking bad in the polls. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's September. But also, like, this fall is so important that we elect lots of liberal people to the Senate and the House. Um it's so, so important. And so I just, I kind of hate all this polling, getting people's hopes up because A, I fear people are going to rest on their laurels and not go vote like they did before. And then B, it just seems like the polling's never right. Like by October. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I just keep coming back to it. I keep coming back to that blue wave sketch from SNL. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, go inside till Tuesday. Um, just get the fuck inside. Um, it's it, here's here's the issue I run into. First of all, I I'm I'm only amending this because I think as uh, uh, I think generally speaking, that's our that's our go to word. I'd like to replace liberal with progressive, and here's why. Technically, Joe Manchin is a liberal. Technically. Even though he I isn't. don't know. And, and the, the reason I say that is because he ran on what would be considered a liberal platform. We need people who are actually going to push things to the left. Technically, Nancy Pelosi is a liberal. She's pretty moderate. She's pretty she's pretty centrist. You know what I mean? Like, like so, so, so when I'm saying what well, what I'm saying is, yes, liberal, blah, blah, blah. Words change meaning all the time. And liberal is kind of becoming more more synonymous with like centrist, moderate politicians. And so I. Progressive is just a word that I that, that I prefer only because then you're looking at the platforms of people who are actually looking to push agendas forward. Absolutely, with, totally with agree. a plan. And so, so I was I wasn't disagreeing with you at all. I just like the nomenclature. I've noticed the trends have changed a little bit, and the word liberal is actually getting like kind of phased out of a lot of leftist uh, like circles because liberal politicians are actually becoming more centrist while right right leaning politicians are becoming way more right. So it's 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 actually progressive politicians that are going to kickstart something forward. Um and it's hard because we have a two-party system that we're kind of trapped in and it's hard to figure out ways to work around that. It um is, it's so. so hard because yeah, exactly that is <laughs> We both had a similar pause there. We were like it's a, yeah. Well, and I use the word liberal on purpose because I didn't want to say Democrat. I don't want to vote Democratic. I want to vote. And progressive is totally. I When I say liberal, Mm -hmm. I mean progressive. And yeah, I I had a feeling that's what you meant. I was more just making the implicit explicit there. But uh, yeah, yeah, and it it is really tough because like 
it was sort of like I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, bring something up that 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 happened with the whole student loan, um, oh, like sure. like 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 forgiveness. There was a moment in our Discord server where I was just feeling some type of way and really not willing to like lean heavily into celebration for something that is really good. I'm not going to say it wasn't a good thing. But when you weigh all the things that could have happened, we really could have pushed that farther. It would have actually been we we had the ability to push it farther. And in the moment, what bothers me is that when something good happens, because we're so starved for good news, we latch onto it and then we forget that, oh, we actually need to also like, what's the next step? And unfortunately, my brain was already on next steps. I was not willing to sit in that milestone at that and in, in that and moment. And it's um, difficult because it is definitely okay to celebrate. Good yes, things. it is. And I want I want to make that clear. You can celebrate. The problem is, is that also sometimes the things you're celebrating are really good on paper. When you dig down a little deeper, it doesn't benefit as many people as they say it's going to benefit. It doesn't ultimately do all of the things that they're they're also pushing the wrong part of it. The thing that they should be talking about is actually the most amazing thing that they've done, which is canceling a lot of people's interest. <laughs> That's the part they should be focusing on. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it was. But also a little bit of a pushback on that is when you saw the retaliation against that. Um, I definitely think we should be pushing for very, very progressive policies. Um, but the pushback against what we did accomplish, I don't know if we could have done more. <laughs> because, I mean, um, this country is fucked. <laughs> it is. So, I, I, I actually, yeah, let's, let's live here for a second. Here's what we could have done. We could have actually gone for $50,000 a person. That was totally doable. The reason we know that is because people who sit more centrist, like Chuck Schumer, were 100% on board for it. So that's where we we could have, and it could have, we could have wiped out debt for anybody 50,000 or under, making less than $100,000 a year. We definitely could have done that. and so it's that's... difficult because right now this now that it's already done this like when you argued to this point, mm-hmm. um, I I totally agree that we do need to stop compromising with less because that's what the Democratic Party always does and it pushes us backward because then when Republicans are in charge they don't hold back they do terrible terrible things that's really where I was getting at and yeah. and because in the moment also like I'm here's the thing. I'm horribly in student loan debt, and I'm not even the worst of it. Like, I am triple digits in student loan debt. So, yes, the 20000 that I'm probably going to get because I have Pell Grants gets me below $100,000 again. Phenomenal. It also takes away my interest rates. The problem is, is that without any sort of, like, future ability to apply for extra forgiveness or figuring out ways, I'm still paying those loans off for most of the rest of my life unless I can get into a program or a situation where I can get them paid off. And I'm not even the most worst. I'm I'm not even the worst off because all my loans are federal. I have no private loans. Anybody with private loans? Fucked. Super fucked. I totally agree. (laughs) I honestly wanted loan forgiveness. I mean, yes. Is shooting for the moon. (laughs) But but at the... So, no. I think one thing I am sick of and I'm not sick of it because it's I think it is helpful discourse but we definitely have to stop um 
I don't like it when we're attacking ourselves. So like, and that, and I'm talking about Twitter. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, like when something good happens, like a student loan, you know, the what we did get. Um, lots of people who basically agree fighting about it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say though, it's. I'd rather have that than a sycophantic, it's the best thing that's ever happened and it's the best we'll ever get. You know what I sure. mean? That's that's where I live. I would actually rather see, personally, this is just a personal thing, I'd rather see people kind of rubbing up against each other a little bit like we could have done more. It's the best we could have gotten. Like I'd rather see that discourse than a complete full-throated, we- all hail. We never could have gotten anything better, which was also happening. There was. You went all in with all hail. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was me. I was so excited. No, I just here's 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 where where really really where it stems from. It's not just about this issue. It's a lot right. of things where this administration stands with with quotation marks on the right side of the issue, but then ultimately has failed to push through anything to protect a lot of things over and over again. And every time they do something, there's literally a, look, we did it. We did something. We did one thing. And that's really kind of that. It's 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 pandering. It's a little bit. It's a little like, do you think that we don't see you like we're we've been right. watching. We're paying attention. Like, yeah, we saw that that you do that. Congratulations. Here's here's a couple of claps for you. Now keep working. You still have a job to do. And I know it's 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 a massive thing in a in a, in a country that also is so fucked up that even this small change, because really it's about 1% of what we needed, possibly less than 1%, is a huge change. I can acknowledge that. But honestly, my, my first order of business is, okay, cool, you did that. What's next? Tell me, tell me what we're going to do next. Yeah. Because she's, hard, it's, she's hard to it's, impress. It's, 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 it's hard to impress. And also, you've done very little in a lot of ways overall. Like, show me what you're going to do next. You just canceled the fucking at-home test program. Because apparently we didn't have the money for it, but we had literally billions of dollars to send overseas to other countries and also give our military almost $700 billion. We have the fucking money. Right. Use it. So that's, that's what I mean. It's not just about this issue. It's this wrapped up with a whole lot of a bubbling, angry, frustrated, exasperated emotions about a party that continuously wins on progressive policies and then fails to deliver. Because they're right. all hollow. And, they're hollow promises. And that's promises. why we're at where we're at with Roe versus Wade. I is know. constantly settling for less. People saying they'll protect that right, but never actually did protect it. And now it's no. gone. And, you know, to, to, to like, really, really be clear, the, the other thing that, that, that they think we're seeing right now is because we're living in such a different world now than we were in the 90s and the early 2000s, we are seeing people step up and be present for movements in ways that we never could before. Social media might be a black hole of terribleness, but it's also a really cool space for like building each other up and finding a finding a collective group of people that believe the same things that you believe without echo chambering yourself. Um, push yourself <laughs> a little bit. But like the number of queer people who are high profile queer people is incredible. Um, right now, in comparison to when we were in high school, who were our high-profile queer people when we were in high school that we knew of, right? That right. we actually knew of. 
Um, because obviously we had Alan. Alan. And we had NPH, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Who always, he was in How I Met Your Mother, so he was was playing a terrible, terrible role. (laughs) He was always Um, a straight man. (laughs) But we knew he was gay and people, but actually that's, (laughs) we could almost, he, his, his homosexuality was almost forgiven because of his macho roles. Yeah. In a um, way. Although he played his macho role so soft. Barney was such a soft character. Right. It was a joke. <laughs> he was a caricature. But um, he, I wouldn't say anyway. Um. No, 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 no. I, I actually love that because having having a queer person play a straight man creates this dynamic that's very different from a straight man playing a gay person. Right? Right. Um, yeah. And I do. I do. I really like that. Actually, speaking of um, of straight men, I did want to ask you something. Ask and, me. And we did talk about this beforehand to do a complete 180 from what we were just talking about, <laughs> um, which is what you were trying to do before. But I'm taking the reins on it now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently. Um, can you explain to me what the appeal of Game of Thrones is? <laughs> Yes. Because you just started it. Um, I am watching Game of Thrones, finally. Uh, Because it was on HBO. Who has HBO? Nobody. She does. She's rich. rich. We have the extra $8 a month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, okay. Uh, First of all, this show... Actually, uh, where to start? (laughs) My interest lies in the fact that I'm a Dungeons and Dragons dork. I loved playing D&D. I loved Lord of the Rings. I loved all that shit. I love magic. I love elves. I love all that stuff. Um, (laughs) So I'm always up for some sort of magical Lord of the Rings-esque story. Um... But Game of Thrones, I think, had more mass appeal because of all the drama. It is so much political relationship drama. I mean, everyone's sleeping with everybody. Oh, of course. Everybody's fucking. But one thing I'm really questioning here is, so this show takes place in a mythical world, this world, it, this is not our history. It's a made-up history. <laughs> so <laughs> it is, it takes place in the most misogynistic, um, racist kind of world, homophobic. And I think they're basing that on, that's uh, human history. Like, human history is that way. But then part of me is questioning it just because I'm like, well, you made this world up. (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good point. Are there people of color in Game of Thrones? There are people of color. They don't get starring roles, at least not yet. Okay, okay. (laughs) We don't know for the future. Okay. (laughs) Also, um... In television, uh, British accents mean old times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, even always. Though, even though that would be a modern day British accent, speaking a language, English, that wouldn't have existed back then. No, it did Modern not. English. <laughs> um, see, I'm a dork. I love that shit. But, um, and then I was saying, this show is obviously made by a straight man because... 
women are naked just constantly. And they stay naked. We see vagine. We see boobs. We see butt. But we, so far, I'm on season four, because I move quickly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We've seen part of a peen for a second, and then we see some male butts, but then they're always reaching for their clothes. Let's keep those clothes off, male butt. (laughs) We want... Why are you reaching for your clothes? Whereas the women stay naked. And then they're calling women whores constantly because it's a misogynistic world. So women are always whores and everyone's a whore. And I like calling people a whore, but in a loving term. Right. You call me a whore every other day. Because you are. I am. And so am I. <laughs> Stupid whores. Stupid whores. So anyway, um, so I think that's where Game of Thrones is. It's this magic Lord of the Rings. But I think it had more mass appeal than Lord of the Rings because of all the relationship drama. I think yeah. people were into that. And I mean, once again, because it's an HBO show, it's premium cable, they could have sexy times. They could have, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's all that. They could swear in a way that they can't do in the Lord of the Rings films, right? Like, there's there's some salaciousness to it that does sell, I think. Oh, um, and oh, and killing. Everyone's dying constantly. I mean, here's the thing. I love True Blood. Is it absolute hot garbage trash sometimes? Yes! In a way that I love. Um, And True Blood's very similar. It's a lot of relationship politics and a lot of, like, navigating, like, who who does Sookie belong to this season? Because she's the human who also, it turns out, has a special type of blood. And we don't know what at first. Um, And all these vampires are in love with her. Yes, (laughs) she is a universal donor. Um, (laughs) And, well, an equal opportunity donor. Um, But, uh, and, like... Who's who's Pam's nemesis? She's like the fabulous blonde blonde bombshell vampire. Like every season has its has its like overarching thing, but then it's it all comes back to who's trying to kill Sookie and who's trying to get in Sookie's pants. Like that's Ooh. that's that's the show. Um, that sounds very similar. Yeah, it's it, it's a completely different like vibe because it takes place in Louisiana. Uh. <laughs> but it's still vampires. It's still very magical. And see, I'm a dork. So I often want more magic, more Dungeons and Dragons. See, and I I love all of that. I love it when it's a historical piece. I do. I love that. Um, Because I love, um, I I too like, um, I don't study like Old English or Middle English, but I love reading about it. And I love like listening to people speak in Older Middle English because it is wild. Because our, our, our language is Germanic. It's very related to, like, German and Scandinavian languages, the way that we used to speak. Um, in fact, actually, English in its current form is weird <laughs> in comparison yeah. to a lot of other languages. Oh, I, I totally agree. I, I love a linguistics dork moment. I'm right there with you. I know. Do you remember when we both, like, talked very briefly about, like, how much fun it would be to be a linguistics major? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I loved that. Oh, it would be so good. There was a time. (laughs) There was a time. And then our dreams died. (laughs) And then we realized, well, maybe (laughs) better not. Uh (laughs) So that's the the Game of the the Thrones. So what keeps you coming back? To Game of Thrones? Besides, like, is is it just the fantasy, like, magic, old, old world I also love revenge. 
Uh, and this yes. show does a very good job of having evil people. They're so evil. Oh, I hate them. Oh, I just want them all to die. Well, there's and like, just... there's Joffrey. Is that who I'm thinking of? Who's who's yep. who's the skinny bitch little prince who you want to slap? That well, eventually, is yeah. Him. Okay, because because I've the, the only scene I've ever seen in full is the one where Peter Dinklage Dinklage straight up slaps him across the face. Oh, <laughs> love delicious. Peter Dinklage. I thought he was gay. I did too, but he's not. Oh, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> is, is anyone gay? <laughs> I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> so they do have gay sex in Game of Thrones, which I don't know if I've seen any lesbian sex, though. They tend to get... Well, actually, I feel like shows tend to have lesbians or gay men, um, but uh, not, not usually both. <laughs> I mean, Will and Grace didn't have a whole lot of actual, like, like, like lesbian relationship moments if they weren't used for comedy. So that's very well, true. Actually, Actually, wait. They do have lesbian sex, but it's very much in passing. Gotcha. <laughs> Passive lesbian sex. Whereas yes. the gay men, um, they don't have big parts, but they at least have names. I was going to say, <laughs> they have names, and their sex scenes are weirdly specific. And they're, But they're still very male. There are no queer people or gen, like non-binary people. Um, the gay men are all very masculine. Yeah. There's I mean, no flaming. There's no flamers, which well, I would love. That's because, like, on a very, very, very different note, uh, Jay and I are almost done with Xena. We've we've been watching our way through. I've the, never watched Xena, so you would like it because does it, it hold up. It does. It holds up very well. Oh. Um, there's so much coded queerness in it too, between like Gabrielle and Xena, and there is an episode with a drag queen. A, like ancient Zena gay in the show. Uh, so Zena and Gabrielle have a deep relationship bond that they talk around. They love each other and, and, and they, they have deep love bang. for each other. We've never we never get that. There's Ugh. never even like the closest thing we've ever gone to a kiss is mouth to mouth resuscitation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which has happened multiple occasions on this show. But is uh, Zena straight then? Does she have male interests? Yes, they both have male interests. However, we just got our first character who very clearly states in no uncertain terms that she is in love with Gabrielle. Um, And she's jealous of Xena because of it. Um, And... So we're, uh, we're, we're the, the show, the, the reason I love it is because it actually follows Greek myth and like myth from all these different cultures, but it blends them together and sort of takes a very like cinematic take on them. It's very like editorialized. It's not exactly the way it would have been. It would have been, it's their own spin on the source material, but <clears throat> Like, there's an entire season where a lot of it deals with, like, China and the Eastern world and sort of some of the, like, historical, like, like practices there. How did they handle that? Did so they do it okay? Zena, at one point into, yeah. Or did they Zena, have white people be Asian? So they're very, very careful about, like, named characters. Okay. If it's, like, a passing character. The show is filmed in New Zealand. Um, so they, if, if it's a person of color, they will often hire an actor who's indigenous to New Zealand, who actually, I just, um, sidebar, there is actually a petition to change the name of the country of New Zealand, um, to something more indigenous minded. Um, oh, which, yeah, you. I've, which, which, which I, I, I didn't, I, I just saw it this morning and I was is like, is there an to... old Zealand? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's the part I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. That's, that's, that's where my geography knowledge uh, ends. Sure. Um, but so, so they, they, they did try to make sure that white people weren't playing 
like specific okay. characters from different countries. Um, unless they are a, a skinny blonde white woman who's a villain. Because they love a skinny blonde white w- woman who's a villain. <laughs> in which <laughs> Don't case, we all. in which case, it doesn't matter where she's from. She's the villain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, when they went to China, um, which I believe they called Chin, um, in uh, in the show, uh, Zena also had another deep, like, emotional relationship with this woman who taught her specific arts of like. Um, uh, yin and yang and like clear, clearing your mind meditation to actually like heighten your like physical fighting powers. Oh, very, sure. very martial arts, very Kung Fu. Um, and they also had an entire season about Buddhism and about like, uh, like Indian traditions. And then they were in North Africa for a while. Um, cause Zena is a, is a roaming traveler. Um, so what's, what's fun is that there's like this G, these geographic locations and yeah, there are definitely some things we, we have a running joke where every season there's at least one story arc where Gabrielle is in like cultural dress of wherever she is. And we just call her cultural appropriation flop. That's hard to say out loud. <laughs> cultural appropriation flop. Um, so, cause she's, <clears throat> sometimes it's like, oh, she's in, she's in that again. Uh, but. I know it's fun. There are certain actors who are like ethnically ambiguous, and Hollywood loves to cast. I just think of the mother from my Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> yes, she has played. I feel like a Middle Eastern mom, an Italian mother, <laughs> a Greek mother. She's. They're just like she's ethnic mom. <laughs> exactly, and. Um, but the reason that that I really really love Xena is that there the the queer undertones there's like these deep deep personal connections between people and there's there's tension there. They never they never name it out loud, but there is like queer subtext in okay. in, in the whole series. Um, we own all of them on DVD now. We've oh, been slowly stop. we've been slowly buying them from used. Um, <laughs> used like 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 bookstores and dvd shops and like music shops and wherever we could find them um and now we have all six seasons on dvd um isn't it weird that dvd is like old now it people 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 are a little when when i tell them that jay and i are actually buying more dvds now than ever before i do sometimes get raised eyebrows they're like isn't that on streaming i'm like did you know that if you buy something digitally at any moment they can decide you no longer own that digital thing you have to have a physical copy of it for you to actually own it. <laughs> I know. I don't even use a DVD player anymore. But yeah, I totally... We use our Xbox. <laughs> I know, because uh, I just learned very recently that newer TVs don't have the red... The RCA cables. The no, they red, don't. Yeah, that's yellow. right, because you were trying to hook up your Dreamcast or your Sega... Yeah, I had to buy a special attachment. Yeah. It was very uh, harrowing. It was, oh my goodness. She barely got through it, y'all. Um, but I just, uh, what what I'm gathering is that you and I love genre television with specific undertones that draw us in. And then we sort of take what we need to take from it. And then the things that we can leave, we're like, and that's just a part of watching the show. Um, yeah, I think that's most shows. I rarely see a show that I love everything about it. I mean, that's that's being human in a lot of ways. It's yeah. very true. But when it comes to genre television, the reason I really, really love it is because we're we are living in a fantasy world that sometimes is related to our real world's world, sometimes is not. But when it is related to our real world, you can utilize that. Like in True Blood, um, 
they they reference uh like like vampires are a proxy for queer people and for uh, marginalized groups um because they they came out into the open and they actually like are trying to become a part of society where it goes a little awry is that there are some vampires that still want to live as evil evil creatures um and and of course you would um (laughs) but true blood which is a synthetic blood replacement is something you can drink instead of blood so that you can join quote-unquote civilized society it's about changing who you are to become a part of um quote-unquote normal society um and oh my god speaking of vampires did you watch katya and the guest stars rewatch twilight Yes. <laughs> I, just from that, I can't believe how bad Twilight is. So, <laughs> we don't have time to break this down right now, but we what I will but say. Twilight is terrible. <laughs> um, if you love it, keep loving it, keep watching it. It's yours. You can have it. Um, I there, disagree. There, <laughs> I'm, I'm not here to yuck your yum. What I am here to say is... Um, I did have somebody tell me I'm not allowed to not like something that I've never seen. So I read all four of the books and I watched all of the movies so that I could get a, yeah, I know. Um, And here's the thing. If you like it, continue watching it and put your hands over your ears for a second. Uh, (laughs) What really frustrates me about it is that it is, it, it claims to be this like love story. And really it's a story about abuse and it claims to be this like, book that like uplifts women and young girls and really it's about young girls like conforming to like somebody else's like blah blah I I have a lot of issues with it on like an intellectual level and then the actual property it was just not very well handled (laughs) it was it was not it was not very good (laughs) I never saw the last one which I think was broken up into two movies yeah um but I had no idea Jacob ends up with a baby (laughs) yeah yeah that I found horrifying but then again i'm watching game of thrones and there's a lot of rape so yeah i guess i'm yeah. throwing i'm throwing stones at glass houses is that the phrase yeah it, i'm yeah. glass housing at stones <laughs> i'm throwing stones at gaslights what i don't know uh- <laughs> <laughs> and with that we have to end we do have to sign I off i think that was a wonderful tangential um madness episode i think so too if and you, if you didn't enjoy it just know uh next time will be much more planned methodical no we won't or exactly the opposite (laughs) and also if you have any thoughts about what we talked about we did get uh, a little heavy there in the middle and i know that i get on a soapbox so if you have some thoughts or opinions feel free to email us at thequeermocast at gmail.com or you can send us uh, either of us a message on our instagrams or on our uh, show instagram which is thequeermocast at instagram Um, and of course check out our list of resources on ways to get involved with local local movements in your area they're jumping off points for you to do your own research into your own areas so once again thanks for joining us today and oh, oh i gotta get enormous. it oh me too oh my gosh oh my goodness Sauji. Sauji. Ooh, we're changing the language <laughs> i got a drink hang on mm. ah Water. <laughs> Hydrated queers are key. Uh, <laughs> here we go.